0: Welcome to Siblinghood of Recovery. Hello, beautiful recovery people. How are you? I hope you had a good week and I hope you enjoyed my interview with Buddy C. He's just awesome. And his voice is so calming. I could listen to him. I probably should listen, like make my own Buddy C app, my own Buddy C calming app app and listen to him if I have a tough day at work. And uh, yeah, I loved it. And the Taoism is just a fantastic way to introduce another method of connecting yourself to your higher power. One of the things that gets me thinking when I look into spirituality and getting closer to my higher power is all that goes with it. The word surrender, part of the surrender that i am going through is letting go of expectation and letting go of quote unquote what should be and we all know if you haven't heard it yet it might mean that you haven't taken the step towards a 12 step program but there's an awesome saying that's been around for a long long time it's called don't shit all over yourself i know i've said this before in this podcast It really is fantastic because as we, as parents, go through navigating our children who are challenged with addiction or substance use disorders, the expectation that we had even a couple of years ago are no longer applicable. They're no longer valid. And if we keep having those expectations, we are serving no one. This is why I say All the time, find your people, find the group of people where you can be in a safe space and you can say, you know what? I don't want to have expectations anymore because I am in a different area of life. Those expectations no longer apply. The standard parent textbook guide of have a kid. These are the milestones. Go to school, get out of school go to college, get out of college, have kids. It, it just doesn't apply. And you know what's so cool with the younger generation? Now the standard doesn't apply. I see so many people writing their own book and that's wonderful. Now, why I'm saying this is because as you go through the recovery process, guess what? When you let go of those expectations, sometimes there is a grieving period. It definitely was that way with me. And by the way, if you hear thunder in the background, we have a big storm coming in and it's, it's about to get like dark and cozy. But yeah, I mean, I had to let quite a bit go. I had to let all these preconceived expected definitions of success. I not only had to let them go, but I had to take a deep stock into why did I feel that they were even applicable to me? I have mentioned I'm, I'm doing this on my own. And there's times, there's times when I look at the, the folks that are celebrating, you know, 40, 50 years, I say to myself, I'll never experience that unless they have some really great growth hormone released in the next couple of five years. <laughs> Did I want that at one time? Yeah. But is it applicable to me and where I'm at? No. So I listened to this phenomenal podcast, Ted Health. It's actually just released April 26th. The podcast episode is entitled, We Don't, quote unquote, move on from grief, period. We move forward with it. And it's by Nora McKearney. I hope I'm saying that name right. She's just phenomenal. I'll put a link in my uh, show notes. And she just tags it. Now, her situation is she lost a husband to cancer. But there was one sentence that stood out to me and you know the waterworks came for sure because she said her current husband loves her because of what she went through because of how that that grief that loss impacted her and it it really is a part of her and if you're a parent out there in the midst of you know your child battling either addiction substance use disorders behavioral challenges, or, you know, trying to heal from a childhood trauma, you know what it's like, you know, you're letting go of so many milestones that are supposed to be at this point, quote unquote, in their life. And with that grief, with that letting go of some predefined notion of success, there's almost like a neurological shift inside of your entire thought process. And to change to a new way of thinking, there's a grieving period that has to be experienced. And this is what I wanted to dig into just a little bit today. I'm going to take some excerpts from a study entitled On Mourning and Recovery, Integrating Stages of Grief and Change Toward a Neuroscience-Based Model of Attachment, Adaption, and Addiction Treatment. The lead authors are R. Andrew Chambers, M.D., and Sue C. Wallingford, M.A., LPC-ATR, and they are both at the Indiana University School of Medicine. The paper explores perspectives on addictive disease as informed by attachment neuroscience and theory, and they talk about how this is applied in treatment in recovery. And they also talk about how within that recovery process, there has to be a grieving period for the person in recovery as they let go of the ties to their addictive substance and their community within which they participated in drug use. So the research goes into the nucleus accumbens and the NAC, which is the brain's key motivational control center. Now, this is the primary nucleus thought to be involved with addiction. And that's about as far as I can go scientifically. So the study quotes, in the course of drug addiction, an accumulation of addictive drug effects within the NAC produces a pathological introduction and progression of a strong desire to procure and use the addictive drugs. We know that as parents, as as people who are addicted, you know that, okay, I cannot override this want to gain access to addictive drugs. The motivation that I have supersedes all other social norms, senses of responsibility. And no matter what I do, no matter what I lose, who I lose, I'm going to do drugs. I'm going to drink. That's what this is at a scientific level. And what's interesting about this study is that they quote the DSM criteria for addiction as continued u- drug use despite competing desires or attempts to cut back or quit, right? And they go on to uh, quote the iconic The Clash song, Should I Stay or Should I Go? So I thought, well, at least these these researchers have a sense of humor because it can get pretty dry reading all this stuff. And, uh, and so I better move forward quickly or I'm going to lose your attention as well. Part of addiction recovery, it really is the grieving over what the entire addiction brought to the person using and abusing alcohol or drugs. And the limitation of their ability to quit is overrided by the sense of community. And this is, is so interesting because as we're thinking as parents, you know, you're hurting yourself. The community that they've developed is what makes them feel at home. And connected. So the treatment centers that are providing the recovery, they go into providing an attachment of both helping that patient mourn their previous life and grieve over what was and bring them into a community of healing. And that is why it is so important within the treatment process for your child to find their people. I say this all the time to you, listeners on the podcast, find your people. And when I say find your people, in that group of people, they're not telling you, move on. They're not telling you, forget the expectation that you had for for yourself, for your family, for your child. They're saying, yeah, we get it. You can grieve about it. It's okay to grieve about something that didn't happen. And when I listened to Nora talk, besides, besides breaking down in tears because of just her eloquence and her complete honesty and beauty in sharing it, I also was so pleased to have it resonate with me in regards to the process, understanding that she had to step away from what everybody's expectations were of her as to how she grieved. And she took it on as her own. She grieved completely differently than what everybody said that she should be doing. You know, she embraced that that relationship, didn't let it go, still doesn't let it go, still carries it with her. And then I thought, Well, couldn't this be used in the recovery process for a parent, for those in recovery who are, quote unquote, mourning something that didn't happen? And wouldn't we benefit from finding our people, finding those who understand, yes, I I get it. I get that you're grieving for what didn't occur and what you planned for. And it's okay to embrace that grief because you can walk with it and you can also grow from it cuz that's her big messaging in this TED Talk in this TED Health Talk is if you embrace it if you walk with it you can grow at the end of the day we all know somebody who's had a baby but not all of us are OBGYNs we all know somebody who's had surgery but not all of us are surgeons And we all know somebody who died, but not all of us are certified in grief support. And to acknowledge that to somebody that we love who is grieving for something, to say, look, I don't know what to say, but I am here for you. I will give you the space to just feel. That's really the best thing that we can do. And it's also the best thing that we can do for ourselves. Yeah, maybe things didn't happen the way we planned. Maybe we didn't hit the milestones that we wanted to. You know, and and that's okay. I've got to acknowledge that. One of my dreams as a kid, have a big family, big house. Everybody came over. Actually, that happens now. I've had kids come over and completely cook and and make a mess in my kitchen, and it's beautiful, and I love it, and that that's great. I mean, that's where I'm at. But to acknowledge to somebody that you feel what they're going through, you feel their grief, and that's it. Just sit with them. That's really the best thing that we can do. And with that, I'm going to wrap it up. As always, check out my website, www.siblinghoodofrecovery.com. There's a lot of free information on there. I've also added a give help section. It's right next to get help. And I'm going to start featuring foundations on there that do some great things in the recovery arena. With that, I bid you adieu. Have a great week ahead and I'll talk to you later.